What's up, everybody? Welcome to HB Hose, getting your weekly hotation in with hosts Maddie and Sammy. Welcome back. This is an episode of White Lotus, season two, episode two, called Italian Dream, and it was directed by Mike White. Yep, written and directed by the one Amazing, written as well. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, the one only survivor runner-up. I don't know what season, but I'm really contemplating rewatching it. I don't think I've ever watched any seasons of Survivor. I've, you know, like I've seen it here and there, but... It really Maybe I should. Honestly, just like on that note, it really makes sense of why he like how he came to make shows like these, like that are so psychologically profound with multiple people. Because I have the is, same thought. It's exactly what Survivor is. It's like learning people and how Especially they Especially in such an intense situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we're gonna start off with our friendly spoiler warning. If you haven't seen season two, episode two of The White Lotus on HBO, do not listen to this, just get the fuck out. I'm not gonna spend this yeah. much time, like, I'm done catering to you fools. Okay, so <laughs> after so many mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you haven't seen it, get out, go watch it, come back when you have. Okay, yes, we'll be here. Um, uh, oh my god okay there is so much to unpack in this episode that we are structuring it differently um than past uh past shows that we've done i think we're gonna group it um and also what my logic behind this is that there are seven episodes there are seven days and i think that every episode will likely be the same sort of um schedule like in terms of how things happen and how they present it uh, meaning waking up slash breakfast, then like midday lunch, then maybe like excursions, then dinner, then the after party, right? So like mm-hmm. that's how each episode, like the episode one kind of one, and then episode two was the same thing. We literally started off with all of them waking up. So that's how we're going to group all of everything that happened to try to make it chronological, but also not too, too much where we're talking about scene by scene. We're going to follow storylines through in these specific breaks of the day. Yes. Um, so with that being said, so much to fucking talk about, Maddie. Oh my God. It was, you know, just another enthralling episode. Uh, I was into it, you know, like I was here for the comedy. I was here for the drama. I'm here for the tension. It was super, super well done. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think comparing it to season one, big thing for me is I'm very happy that they're actually leaving the resort this season. The first season, the only thing that they did outside of the resort was on the fucking water on a boat. Um, So it's really nice that they're actually venturing out. And I know that they're going to continue to venture out through the rest of the season. Um, So that's really cool, especially because it's in Sicily. And that's, you know, it's just very cool. I'm just like, yes, put Sicily on the fucking map. Sicily is a beautiful place. Like people should go. They, they want your tourist dollars, like get over there. You know what I mean? It it really is gorgeous. And see the volcanoes. Yeah. So that I'm really happy about. Um, I'm happy that he picked Sicily anyways. I'm like, like Hawaii was season one. And then we yeah. season two and, and just like, it almost feels random, but it's perfectly placed. Um, so that's 
one of my big um, happy season two things. But then secondly, um, the just even the structure of it. I love it. Like the seven days, like seven episodes, we kind of know what we're going to get, but each day we don't. You know? Yeah, it kind of feels like there's a formula happening yeah. here or mm-hmm. or like it's getting clearer from last season. Like they figured something out. Maybe, I don't know, but it feels great. I'm like, this is working for me. Um, it's so perfectly nuanced. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, okay, so let's get right into it, shall we? Let's. Okay. Um, all right. So the first thing that we really see is, like I said, everyone waking up, right? Which mm-hmm. was really nice. Actually, we have not seen a wake up um, like compilation, I would say, like, a, you know, in, in White Lotus season one. So it was nice seeing like we saw everyone's night and how it ended in season one. So it was nice seeing the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Michael Imperioli just like finding the underwear in his bed and just like being like fuck yes sleep um but uh we start off really with the uh, Lucia the prostitute and Ethan the runner <laughs> um leaving at the same time so he's getting up at the same time that she's leaving and it's just just a total like what did she say to him she said uh, sure no. You know, just like, yeah, like, hello. And he's like ready to, you know, run and be in silence. And she's just like still like she's doing the walk of shame. But it's not even, I, you know, I'm done with that phrase because it's not the walk of shame. She is in the walk of fucking paradise is what she's <laughs> truly. She like, had, she's having a good time. Yeah. She was smiling all through that hotel lobby. Um, <laughs> so uh, then we almost immediately get into the continental breakfast and, you know, the breakfast situation where we have all of, all of everyone that's up and out and so many conversations. It's immediately starting off with, with it all. So um I think let's just get into three dudes and an assistant, which I named um, based on three men and a baby, because that's essentially what's happening. (laughs) Truly, truly. Portia and Bert, the grandfather, and Albie, the grandson, and Dom, the father. They all end up at breakfast together. Um, And, you know, Bert, God, you're just awkward, dude. Like, I want to love you. You're a sweet old man, but you're also like, you're just either flirting with young women or you are grilling your son at breakfast with a young woman who is a stranger. Like, dude, you're fucking up Albie's game. Seriously, we're flirting. It's it's one of the three always. Yes. (laughs) We're telling a really fucked up anecdotal story, which maybe we'll touch on later. Yes. Jesus. God. Um, Yeah, that was so awkward. He, he, like, just, I feel like, I don't want to stereotype it. He truly just is an old Italian person because they just don't. (laughs) This is my entire family. They don't give a fuck who is around. They are going to say their piece. So, like, it's just, that's what it gave me. And, like, Portia clearly you know has had real life experience with awkward and chaotic and weird situations being tanya's assistant so it's not like she's judging anybody (laughs) like like everyone is better than tanya we can all agree um so i actually think that portia is super worried about bert like she 
from Ooh. the very beginning, like she's been, I think, like the one of the most compassionate towards him. She just like takes the awkward. She's like, "Are you okay, Bert? Like, do you need yes. anything?" Yeah, for sure. Are you good. For sure. Um, she was the one that screamed the iconic line, "Oh my God, your grandpa just fell!" <laughs> yes, he cartwheeled into the ground. Oh in Literally, <laughs> what is that thing in um? Oh my God! Bring it on! Where she's like, "Can you do a backflip, double backflip, double hands?" I forget what the fucking thing is. People know it. It's iconic. Literally, but that's what he did into the fucking ground. <laughs> God. Oh my um, God! Yeah. So she she's witness it all, but yeah, she is truly more compassionate to him than Albie and Dom um, are at all. They're pretty much always just trying to like chastise his perversions like they're just yeah just keep them on a leash you got to keep them close oh my god yeah so that conversation but then I think what's interesting is we get even like with Dom I think it's actually just like and I'm hoping that there's a big twist here I really I really am hoping that because it almost seems so obvious and like on the nose with him that like okay he cheated and his wife's pissed off and you know we got the conversation with his wife last last episode and now his uh, father is saying something about it, like, oh, you know, what was it that was so bad? Why isn't she here? You know, like, you can't divorce her, all these things. And it's so it's like, I'm hoping that it was way more sinister than just him stepping out on her. Like, I mean, I think it was. I, like, I hate to jump all the way forward, but just talking about them situationally, when they go on their little excursion, like... Like I said, that little anecdotal story that Bert gives, I mean, like, it's intense. And he's like, you know, it couldn't be as bad as that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm hoping that – I'm just hoping for, like, as a viewer and, like, for the storyline that it's it's way worse than what is so on the nose, which is just basic infidelity. And, like, for the record, I will say this um, – you know, I don't necessarily know if it's, I guess we'll just, you know, call it a trigger warning, but like, we are going to be talking about infidelity. We are going to be talking about sexual politics, especially in this episode. A lot of theories, a lot of shit to hash out. Um, Maddie and I both have strong opinions about it and questions about it. So if, you know, it's, we don't condone cheating or anything. We don't condone hurting another person in, in your partnership. No. But Anything that, that we're like, talking we about here opinion. is for the plot. Yes, literally. Like, it's all for the plot. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree so, with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hope that, you know, it's just, it's not as obvious and it's not as simple, I should say, as just, uh, you know, not that cheating is simple, but just, uh, it kind of is in this storyline. You know, I want complication. I want complexity. So um, with that being said, you know, uh, what else did you take away from this conversation with the three dudes and an assistant? <laughs> um, I just think that we got a little bit of insight, uh, especially on the three dudes, mm-hmm. you know, Portia. Yeah, she's there. And we kind of we're, we're getting a little more of her. But like, to me, it was more about like, okay, we see that Dom has done something pretty shameful and like he's at a point where he's like, okay, I don't, I don't think I can fix this. Yeah. You know? And like, he doesn't want to talk about it. God, the I'm sorry. I have to bring up the sunglasses, the fucking sunglasses. This man was acting like almost like a teenager in a sense to me. I was like, Oh my God, bro. Like, come on. 
Oh yeah, and then there's, there's also the note of Albie was just like, "Did you sleep all right?" And he's like, "I slept like shit." And I'm just like, "I know." You, did. Uh, you I fucking know. you went on a bender of sex and what alcohol? I mean, and that's okay. So, and I will say, I was right. The man later on admits that he's a sex addict, and I said it from day fucking one that I knew that yeah. that was going to be his crux. Um, so yeah, it's like, we see, I think another big takeaway is that we see that Albie is 100% like noticing these things. Like he knows it's not, Oh yeah, Dom is trying hard to, uh, trying hard is a stretch. He is obviously like trying not to look like, you know, this shitty like whoremonger, but he's not doing a good job of hiding it, especially when. The walls are thin in Italy, my guy. Like a very thin. <laughs> so like, there is no hiding anything at this hotel. <laughs> so thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, I just couldn't really take it. It was like Jesus, Dom. Like just get your shit together, please, <laughs> please. Which is exactly what his dad says to him later on. Yeah. And I agree with it fully. I mean, again, don't condone the fucking behavior, but I'm like, get. Please, if you're going to act like this, get your shit together. Yeah, seriously. And, like, don't do it on a family vacation, shall we? Like, there's a time and place. With- you have the money to come back and sleep with all the prostitutes right. that you want to. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not on a fucking family trip. Like, yeah. Come on. Um. Okay, let's get right into Harper and her smiley counterparts, uh, Daphne uh-huh. and Cameron. This poor woman yes. is just trying to avoid them at all costs. And simply cannot because they are just that everywhere they're literally they're fucking everywhere and they're so smiley they're so fucking smiley and like i get it honestly i really started and as the show is doing very well i really started to like them this episode um whereas in the first episode it was almost like we were on harper's side because she's the real one and she's you know, the one that's like actually affecting change and doing things in the world and cares about things in the world. And they're just like ignorantly privileged. And, um, but this episode, it really like, I was just like, oh my God, stop making me team Daphne and Cameron Harper. (laughs) You're such a bitch. Like, can you be happy on vacation? Maybe like, is that a thing? Like, I don't blame Daphne and Cameron for being so happy right now. Yeah. So, Yeah, I I definitely have similar opinions. Like, I'm rooting for Harper because I'm like, okay, like, you you have a brain. Like, you're out here, you're thinking, you're doing things. Like, you're right. You want to affect change. Like, you want to do something good in this world. And I can only respect that. I love that. I'm, you know, like, in a real life way, I'm like, amazing. You're Mm -hmm. doing so amazing. Mm -hmm. I am so here for it. So, like, I agree with you i do think that cameron and daphne are more likable cameron has a fakeness about him i'm sure we can all tell that but daphne i can also see like i think she's more complex than like we're getting so far because she i can tell has been also reserved like she's navigating harper too by not being rude and i think later on in the episode even with her husband when he does talk shit um Daphne doesn't uh, she doesn't really like join in with talking shit Mm -hmm. which I really really respected I was like okay so you know how to just like navigate 
Yeah. She's, situations. Yeah. She reminds me of sort of like a awkward social experience mitigator. Like she knows how, like even like when they're at dinner, either, either time this in this episode and in the last episode, she kind of will like come in after Harper says something that's fucking awkward and like monotone and not what anyone wants to hear. And, and multiple occasions, actually, not just at dinner, she'll come in and say, oh, yeah, I get that. Or, oh, yeah, yes. like she's very good at like playing the room, not playing the room, but just like playing the room, you know, like she, yeah. she can be between. And like what I think is so interesting about this specific encounter where um, Daphne and Cameron invite Harper over when Harper is just trying to like have a peaceful breakfast and read her <laughs> book, you know, by the shore um, or with the view, you know, should they invite her over? But then Cameron ends up on the phone being fucking what's his, I don't even remember his name from season one because that's how insignificant he is in my fucking mind. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but just, he's just yelling at the, you know, the, the, uh, airport about losing his luggage, et cetera. And then Daphne is just like, yeah, he's got a really long fl- fuse, but when he loses it, he loses it. It's actually kind of funny. And I yeah. was like, it's so cute that she thinks about it like that. Like she just, know. like truly has a positive outlook on everything because like normally when your husband's pissed off, like you are pissed off. Like you yes. like empathize with that. You get anxious or you get angry too, or you get like worried, you know, there's so many feelings and she's just like, I don't let that shit bother me. Like, yeah. And I, I, I like really like admire that. And I know that there is this like fugazi kind of, you know, like, like Harper is, I feel like kind of right when she says like, okay, it's fake. Like there's gotta be something going on. Well, a hundred percent. Like it kind of gives me like weirdly like cool girl vibes. You know, we've all, we've all fucking been there. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be the cool girl. And like, these guys, no, dude, it never fucking works. Just PSA for all you young ladies. It doesn't work. Being the cool girl is, it only ends up getting you hurt or even harder because they think that you're just going to deal with it. Right. And like, um, I want to say like, this is umbrella, like maybe cool girl isn't the exact right term for her, but it kind of reminds me of that because she doesn't let this shit get to her. And like, you're right. Even in the conversations, like even sometimes when something awkward is said, she will also choose to not respond. And she's mm -hmm. like, okay, like nobody else, like kind of like leading by example, like nobody else say anything. And then, you know, Cameron's and she's like, oh, come on, Cameron. Like, why the fuck would you say that? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So I think that Daphne is like, could be the silent killer really not the true killer, but like the silent killer of the, this, this double couple, uh, dynamic because she really truly, I think is smarter than all of them when it comes to like the politics of social situations. Like I think, I think that she, like she has, I don't know. I, I just like, I'm like, I'm not doubting Daphne at all. I'm not underestimating her whatsoever. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I do want to say a quick shout out to my mom who I talked about this episode with a little while ago and she uh, had a theory and she thinks, I know, I know it's a really fucking good one. Ooh, a, hot, a hot theory from mama. Oh my God. Yes. A hot theory from mom. Um, 
she thinks that Cameron and Daphne are swingers. And that's I, why they're so happy. I got that feeling. Yeah. Because, like, even just, like, the way that they're like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, we're going to go shopping. Like, like, let's meet up after. Like, why? We're on vacation. Like, spend the fucking evening with your partner. Like, I mean, like, I get it. We're together. But, like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to be together 24-7 of every day while we're here. Like, we're going to eat dinner together probably every night. Yeah, I honestly hate this. I'm like, do not invite me on vacation if you expect that I'm going to be with you 100% of the time. I will not. I will leave. Thanks. (laughs) Bye. I will be gone. (laughs) I will be gone. Um. No, but like there's just like this flirty. And then this is also calling into the um, preview for the next episode. Maddie, did you watch it? Oh, fuck. Okay, so she, it. she never watches it. It drives me crazy. Well, don't put it at the um, end of the episode. That's so annoying. That's how they should do it. That's how every show should do it. I think that they, I think that they might. But anyways, um, basically we see uh, this is also if you haven't seen whatever. I'm not spoiling anything. Um, uh, Daphne and, uh, Harper go on their own little girls, like day night trip together. And that's the boys are back at the resort. The girls go somewhere else to visit. And Daphne is like looking at another table of like cute, you know, Italian guys. And she's like, she's like flirting with them. And Harper's like, Oh, what about the guys? And she's like, Oh, well they can't have all the fun. Right. And then, like, so it's, like, that little comment and then the way that, like, Cameron is with Harper, which we'll get into a little bit Ugh. later during the excursion bit. But, um, you know, it's just – and my mom's like, well, you know, swingers always seem like they're really happy, right? Like, or, like, just not necessarily swingers because swingers kind of um, means that you're, like, with other people while your partner is there and, you know, present, but so like, more like open, open relationship. Open relationship. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's more so what I should say. So I'm thinking, you know, that's a very good point. And that could also be like Harper is just almost like they're too perfect. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. And I think maybe it's something that like my it would make so much sense for this sort of plot if that was something that came up after. And Harper's like, oh, shit, I see. That's why you're so happy. Um, right. especially when we have, you know, the kind of sexual, um, I don't want to say issues, but just the, uh, incompatibility between would, Harper and Ethan. Yeah. So I, I think it's more like a, a rut probably, you know, like we, how long have they been married? We don't know. I mean, Cameron and, um, Daphne have been married long enough to have two children. Five together. years. They said, yep. Oh, Okay. So, like, that's, you know, kind of significant. I'm just wondering about Harper and Ethan. Ethan. Yeah, I'm, I would probably assume that they're around the same just because we know that Ethan and Cameron graduated uh, college together. So they're, they Hmm. were kind of on the same track. They're the same. Okay. So that's kind of my, is like, they're both probably between. Like, we know that Cameron and Daphne have been married for five years. They've said it. But I'm assuming that Ethan and Harper would be between, like, three and five years. I'm assuming. Um, Yeah. That's kind of what I felt like. But I I don't know if they had mentioned it or not. Yeah. And honestly, like, I would just on that, let's segue right into hot Asian wanking and hotel. (sighs) Oh, my God. 
Ethan. Oh my God. William Sharp. This, first of all, he came in hot. Okay. This, he came in so hot. Like, right? He didn't end, but he, you know, it's. Yes. And, and I just mean, like, I think I, I wasn't expecting it to go there right away. Like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, he's home from his run. He's going to see that she's gone. Like, I just wasn't thinking. I just wasn't thinking. But, like, you know, the way that he just got out of his little fucking undies so fast and got his little laptop on the fucking pillow and then he, like, flattened the pillow. I was like, you pristine bitch. I, oh, I do love a scene of a man wanking it. I'm so sorry to everybody out there, especially my fucking parents, if you're listening. <laughs> but why? Why are they always so good? I'm like, this, this was hot. Yeah, no, it's it was great. It was fucking great. And then that body, oh my, oh my god. god! I have never seen abs so symmetrical in my fucking life. And they I'm like, you, your baby face is hiding all of this under your shirts. I know I, he looks oh. like a little nerd. Like he wouldn't hurt a fly. And I'm no. like, you're a little fucking ninja under there. Like mm-hmm. you're a little strong man. Yes. Yep. And, like, I feel like, Mike White, you savvy little bitch, you knew what you were doing, giving us this fucking, this, like, you know, I don't know, just this, like, peekaboo in this episode. He's like, yeah, you think that you want to look at Theo James the entire season. Nope. Nope. Here's the silent killer. He's the fucking, the other silent killer. He gave us so many good scenes, too. We got that scene. Then he hops up. I just need to talk about this whole thing because <laughs> Harper comes back because she can't fucking stand being with her smiley counterparts. Yes. She's like, I gotta go just 15 minutes. And she's like, I'm done. She comes back. And of course he like scrambles, close, close the laptop. So relatable. So relatable. It is. It's- they're like, I'm just like, shout out to the millennials who had one home computer in the living room and like, and like you didn't know mom was gonna come home early and it just you know you're in absolute fucking shambles trying that's to- the most relatable thing i think any millennial has ever experienced exactly. oh my god great that's just great <laughs> but yeah i love it because i think i mean like look we there's obviously some tension and some problems with them but there's still a quite a bit of honesty too and like yes. You know, I just love that she's like, hey, like, what's up with the boner? And he's like, oh, fuck, like, uh, I was jerking off. <laughs> and, like, you know, he, like, opens the laptop and shows her, like, for proof. Oh, my God. It was just so, like, uh, it felt really, like, modest. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, I respect you for not trying to, like, scram. Like, y'all, y'all have been married. It's fine. You're jerking it. Everybody jerks off, okay? If yeah. anyone, and I'm, I'm speaking to the host too. Like, if your guy is jerking off, it happens. You know, it like literally, and he literally probably has, nothing to do with you. There's this horny. It has nothing to do with you. And then also, I loved his response. He was like, "She was like, oh, it was gonna be back in like 15 minutes, and she's getting kind of like pissy about it." But like, he's like, I "Just thought I'd take care of it myself." And I'm like, "Yeah, I feel like that." Every time I'm in a relationship, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, do the do real quick. Yeah. Just get it done with. Release some endorphins, as he said. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
Like, I honestly feel like, okay, this is a selfless act. Oh my God. And the way that he said it, he was like, you know, you know, I sometimes get horny after I run. God, that was so funny. That was so damn funny. I was just like, yes, please take care of yourself. I love that. I mean, I get it. Like when you aren't like when your sex life isn't that active, I understand. And like, in that case, like circumstantially, I would probably be upset too. Like you couldn't just wait for me. Like I, I want to get it in too, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, in that sense of like, just like I was just like fuck it, I'll just take care of myself. Like I'm just like I understand, honey. Just go do it. Don't <laughs> pretend like you're in the shower. Just do it when I'm not home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's fine. Like so, oh, like I, I. But you're right. The modesty was everything in this. I do love how like uh honest they are with each other yeah and even like i mean yeah it felt a little bit shitty but i i think even his reasoning like it wasn't like the worst shit ever you know he's like look yeah i came home i had some endorphins from running and like you're not really a morning person we know this we've been married so like i'm not gonna fucking try to get you to have morning sex like i'm just gonna handle this and then like you know whatever so yeah. like okay like i get the logic it's fine but then mm-hmm. oh, we get more spice. We get more spicy scenes of this man. Oh my god! In the fucking shower, <laughs> Jesus Christ! The penis point yeah, in the shower so with crazy. In the shower with no soap. So like that was. He's probably just washing off the sweat. Like he just needed to cool yeah. down, rinse off. He's you know, jerking it. And and I I love that because that means that he doesn't just he doesn't smell. And I really love a person that doesn't smell. It's hardly anybody, but. Um, yeah, that means that he doesn't even really need the soap. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't smell. I just need to get the sweat off my body. Like I don't smell like body odor. Yeah. 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 Um, fuck's sake. Like his body. Oh my God. Will yeah. Sharp. What do you do? Send every man on the planet your workout. Oh like, my God. Right. Yeah. Truly. Brava. Like, thank yeah. you for blessing <laughs> us on the screen. We yes. absolutely loved it. And I will be watching that again. Um, Okay, let's get into Tanya and Greg. Um, oh, God. So I think, actually, um, I'm glad that you brought it up, just because it's the title uh, of the episode, Italian Dream. And, like, this is what she, the overarching between them, like, that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, they like wake up in the morning, it's like, what do you want to do? And she's like, this is what my perfect Italian day would look like. Yes, and it's very cute. It's I also want so to say that I titled wise it makes sense the second time that i watched this episode um the the prostitutes at, well the pro- when i say prostitutes i'm literally just like lumping mia and lucha into one thing and i don't want to say their names over and over again but them getting the, the shop well, like yeah the hose yes. the hose them getting the shopping experience all the stuff the lavish kind of five star resort lifestyle um that also i think it's the italian dream on on either side like, absolutely um so yeah tanya just saying that she wants to look like monica vidi and who <sighs> is like a very it was rest in peace uh died february of this year actually um, was a very old Italian film actress. Um, like so like one Loren. of the most famous Italian. Yes, yeah. So Sophia Loren before Sophia Loren, basically. Um, so that's who Monica Vitti is. And she wanted to be like, she's like, oh, I just want to look like Monica Vitti and with my cigarette. 
Oh my god, my sister. Oh my god. A man in a thin suit to come. So what I actually think is on a Vespa. (laughs) I'm just like I'm like this fucking woman. But relatable. That's exactly what I wanted to do when I was in Italy. I didn't get the time to do it, but I'm like, I want to ride a Vespa. I want to do these things. I Um, want a man to come up and light my cigarette. You know? Like God, yes. Yes. Yeah. So actually, I just want to point out to Monica Vitti. I had to look that up because I'm an uncultured piece of swine. So I was like, who is this? Oh, my God. Let me see what the Sorry, reference she's is. Really not that well known. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, she has passed a little bit. I think she was like famous in like the like 58, 59, 60, like around those years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so what I thought was so cute and interesting when she was like, I want to be like Monica Vitti. They actually have like such a similar like character and like, like look in a way I'm like, Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Like you actually remind me of her like in a way. And she went into comedy. Like I read that because I was like looking her up and I was, yes. So I was like, Oh my God. Like, I love that you referenced this woman that is like, kind of similar to you like I don't know like maybe they don't I don't think they like look alike but I'm like okay like your figure like the dress the hair like it's all it it's just kind of like you know this person they're iconic yeah. like they have that same je ne sais quoi mm-hmm. I don't know but it was just that made that even better for me I was like oh like this was like a really famous Italian actress and then she went to fucking comedy and of course Jennifer Coolidge like they got that in there like I it was really a nice poetic reference I loved it yes um but regardless moving on to fucking Greg oh my god he basically he's he's like you know I don't know to explain he's like yeah I'm gonna give you the perfect Italian day whatever and then he uh, shout on her day, all fucking day, kind of. Like, oh not God. not fully, but it was subtle. Like, he just, like, complained. And I was like, dude, that's ruining the fucking dream. Yeah. So we will, we're going to talk about that for sure when we get to the topic, Tanya and that damn Vespa. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay, but that pretty much wraps up breakfast. Um, and then we move on to the daytime excursions where everybody is doing something different. Uh, the, the, to start this off is one of, is probably my favorite scene is Lucia and Mia meeting Dom outside. So at breakfast, Dom, Bert, Albie, and Portia all like say that they're going to go to this Greek theater. It's this old Greek theater. It's, you know, whatever. It kind of looks like Coliseum, whatever. Um, so uh, Dom, outside, like as they're walking out, sees Lucha and Mia, and they, I guess, had already asked him like, hey, you know, we need to be able to get into the hotel. They don't let us in. We have to sneak in, whatever. So he brings them to the front desk and we already know that Lucia and Valentina, the hotel manager, have had their qualms. That's from fast slut, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that was just like for Valentina was probably like if that was me, I would be absolutely fucking livid. Like it's so pissed because you're just trying to protect the integrity of this five-star hotel. And then you have this one fucking guy who's paying an assload of money to be there. Basically say like, these girls have to come in. Sorry. Customer service is a bitch. Yo, like 
such a bitch. I, whoever came up with the customer is always right should be in fucking hell. And yeah. I mean, like, the bottom, the most yeah. bottom layer of hell. I hope they are suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raped by Hades, like Persephone, and dragged to the underworlds. Yes. Oh my God. Like, because the customer <laughs> is not always right. And you're right. Like, he is fucking, like, putting her job at risk. You know, like, I understand that you're paying money, but, like, listen, you, there's etiquette everywhere. Like, it doesn't – okay, maybe not – maybe let me not say that. It doesn't matter how much money you have because, in some cases, money does buy you fucking the luxuries. It always know. matters how much money you have. Well, right, but I'm I'm just saying, like, yes, this is a five-star, but this isn't some, like, secret fucking society. So I'm like, you, Dom, like, you should have some – like, you're not just pumping money – yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's his right to have guests there, right? So, like, Valentina made an accurate assumption that they were prostitutes, but at the same time, it's his right to have people there. The That's hotel true. wouldn't be in any sort of trouble if they were. It's just, you know, the integrity of it, the look of it, you know, she's trying to hold it to like a five star standard and having a bunch of little prostitutes running around is <laughs> not really the best look amongst the rich and famous that are there so i understand that um but at the same time it's his right as and as a guest to be able to bring in whoever he wants and she makes him put their names on the rooms i know And whenever he said put mia's name on my father's room i was like that's gonna be a fucking issue yeah i don't know how it's gonna be an issue but i know that it's gonna be an issue later on and i also know that like because we see immediately after the girls going to shopping spree he's like get some dinner, a little bit of vino, you know, don't go too crazy. Don't make me regret this. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, he's fucked. He's fucked. He's so fucked. And because they're young, like these are young girls. You can just by their demeanor. Um, And so I think that that was kind of foreshadowing. There's a lot of drama to come. And um, I'm also thinking – I don't know. I don't know. These girls are well, specifically Lucia. We, I, first of all, love them here for them in their corner all day, every day. Think that they're great. I'm just like, yes, pro sex worker over here. Like I'm here for it. Um, but, uh, I do think that they're young and Maddie and I talked about this off the pod, um, earlier today, just about how we're almost like a little scared for her because she is so, um, fearless and in this industry, that is a bad trait to have is is that much, I guess, like blind courage. Um, mm. You know, Lucia really thinks that she like runs shit. And I'm like, but you don't. And right. you have to understand that you are constantly in company of men who are stronger than you. You are in their domicile. Like you're in, like you're under their control truly whether you think that just because you have like a pussy and because you're beautiful, you have control over them that only extends so far. So I think that that's going to probably be, that's definitely going to be a downfall for her. Oh, a hundred percent. Or I would say the only other thing is that she is going to absolutely wreak havoc because uh, on everyone else, because of how careless she seems to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they're both fucking bold. I mean, yes, Mia has more of a quietness to her, but, like, the bitch still went into the hotel. She still grabbed the fucking key off the counter just as well. And, like, you know, later on, like, we'll we'll talk about it more in depth, but, like, and I guess she has a bit of liquid courage, but she, she gets on the piano. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. she's... I would say she's more reserved, but she's also like down for the cause. If yeah, I I agree. And then I also just want to like throw back to episode one where where they're talking and she's talking about how Maximo her Massimo Massimo Maximo Massimo it would be Maximo baby. But anyways, um, that was her like I don't know if it was a boyfriend or a lover or whatever it was. I hate the word lover, but I didn't know what else to say. Um. Uh, you know, he's with another girl. So I'm just like, I feel like, you know, we've all kind of been there where we're in our like villain era. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. that's is tapping into that right now. She's tapping into the villain era because like the throwing the drink on the guy in the guy's face, that was more like, like, fuck you, don't judge me. Like, I'm not a whore. Even uh, when Lucia puts the makeup on her and she says like, I look like a whore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that that's not how she wants to be portrayed, and she was angry about that, and it was more of an in a defense. But na- like she was defensive all episode one, and now she's on the offense. Like now she's like, no, I'm gonna come and take what I want, yeah. and I think that we're gonna see her. In fact, like she actually might be the one that causes the most shit. Really, probably. Anyways, these girls are walking fucking problems. They (laughs) truly are, but they are gorgeous and they are funny. And one other thing I will say just to, because I really liked this, um, you know, when they're going on the shopping spree and like even before that, you know, they're looking in the window and they're talking and she's basically saying like, oh, I'm going to like, I don't just want the dress in the window. Like I want to buy the whole store. And when I do, the first thing I'm going to do is fire this bitch and then she says in english she's like bitch you're fired and like in her little accent and it was so funny and i was like oh i thought that was really like it's funny that other like places use english words to like be like funny or like put more like umph to it i don't know that was really funny and cool and cute and i was like oh my god look at us english speakers yeah Loves it. it. No, we don't deserve it at all. That's why I loved it so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So um we get the that face off between the hotel manager eventually. Um I have some quotables later on that I'll say from this scene because it was fucking great. Um okay, and then we go to the lunch on the beach with the couples. So like they're not actually eating lunch, I just said lunch because it was lunchtime, but the couple's on the beach. Um, so the biggest things that happened in this is um, Cameron just basically saying, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. How does it feel to be rich? Talking mm-hmm. to Harper and Ethan. Mm-hmm. And I think that they they responded so diplomatically that I'm just like, are you guys politicians or are you guys actually – like I know that they're actually that nice, but – Basically, they just responded with saying, like, oh, it's nice to help people. Like, we're not materialistic. It hasn't really changed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, That conversation, I think, was just more, like, driving in the nail of the coffin of, like, how different these two couples are. 
and you know like how because like even Daphne like follows that up with like oh I can't get drunk and scroll otherwise I'll spend all our money like you know so it's like very cute and I'm just like yeah well good for you you should donate to abused animals and neglected children like I'm happy that you do that but um but I think what I mostly want to talk about is the unless you have anything to add about that conversation I mean, no, I think it was political. And I think what you're leading up to is when they're in the water, because what what she says is, you know, we're not really that materialistic. And they kind of banter a little bit more. But Cameron kind of comes out the side of his face and is like, you know, because they're talking about charity. He's like, yeah, we we donate to charity. Right, Daphne? And Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, we're not just materialistic pigs like you think we are. And, yeah, and I think it's by saying, I think, you know, like, I don't think that I, I think I'm just going to go for a swim. Yes. Um, and I do just want to draw that back to the beginning of this episode where Harper and Ethan are talking in the hotel room and Harper is basically saying, um, oh no, this was after, maybe after the fact, I'm not quite sure, but they have a lot of conversations in the hotel room in this episode, but Harper is basically saying that like, um, you know, oh, like basically Ethan calls her a snob. And it's funny because she was like, no, I'm not a snob. They're snobs. And Ethan's like, well, I guess we're all kind of snobs in our own ways. And this, this highlights that because it really is Harper sounding like, oh, I'm this like politically woke, you know, you like you're less than me because you don't watch the news and you don't blah, 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 snob. She's that sort of snob. And they're snobs in the sense of like, they take helicopters to the Hamptons and they're friends with Jeff Bezos. Right. So like they're snobs in different ways, but like it really, so, and it's like, they're really telling that because even when Harper is talking in the scene, Cam is like, his face is just like, ugh, like, of I course, know. She says I know. That, you know, um, so, uh, then yes, then Harper goes into the water. Cameron follows her out there and spooks her under the water by grabbing her leg. Oh and- I laughed so fucking hard. I mean, Cameron, you're a piece of shit, bro. Like you're a dick. That's <laughs> annoying. You're so annoying. And I would have been pissed off if he did it to me. But honestly, so- seeing it on screen and I just her reaction was so genuine. He's like, sorry, I had to do it. And she's like, I thought you were a shark. <laughs> just like so truthful which i think like you know that's kind of been her shtick like her and ethan like they well what we know so far there could definitely be lies but so Mm -hmm. far like they've been pretty like transparent with one another like i think even emotionally you know like Mm -hmm. so far Mm -hmm. so i just thought it was funny i'm like oh that's how she operates like even in like a dumb thing like oh i thought you were a shark yeah it was so direct and like this is exactly what i'm thinking right now and you're gonna hear it yeah, oh I agree. God. I agree. Yeah, she, um, yeah, for sure. And so, but I think that, um, also what was so interesting is that he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I said that if you made it awkward, made you uncomfortable or, you know, whatever he says. But then he's like, you know, I really, like, it matters. I really want you to like us. I really want you to like me. And I'm like, um, why do you care if right. she, le- like, that's the question because she doesn't care if you like her. Right. And like that, that's the thing. It's like, so why do you care? And that makes me think not necessarily like a open relationship swinger kind of thing, but it also makes me think Harper said something in, in episode one where she was like, yeah, watch, he's going to approach you with some sort of business deal or money making thing. 
And I'm like, okay, I definitely think that there's some sort of motive of why they randomly asked this friend from college and his wife to go to Sicily at this five-star resort with them. There's hmm. a motive there. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no celebration. There's no, you know, there's no other like, like reason for doing that. It's definitely because now Ethan is rich because he sold his company. And, you know, so I think that Harper has that in her mind too, of just like, there's a motive here. I'm not going to fall for it. Um, you know, Ethan has a soft spot for Cameron, but like, I see right through that shit. But like, so it was interesting that Cameron is, is playing his card so open and not close to his chest that like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're trying to like butter this up for something. Right. You know, but it's funny that he's like buttering it up while also like passing Ethan, like just like shitty, like she says it later, alpha dog kind of comments like he's yeah. alpha dogging him so like it's it's interesting how ethan's masculinity is kind of being like juggled around between harper and cameron we'll get yes. to that later in a conversation that they end up having but um yeah okay so let's move on to the oh my god tanya and the damn vespa damn Holy vespa shit. jesus christ god that was <laughs> such a funny scene First of oh all, God. just getting on it, <laughs> just getting on it, you know, it's and just, I, I do want to back up. Are. And, yes. and Valentina's is like, yes, Vespa, normal size. And it's just yes. like, she's like, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's basically on this whole Vespa. And I just want to say something we didn't mention before. Um, Valentina is taking pictures of them on the Vespa and like in front of yes. the Vespa and it's so funny because, uh, you know, Tanya says to her, she's like, you know who I look like? And she's like, Peppa Pig? Because she's wearing yeah. all pink. And that was yeah. so fucking mean, but so funny. But she's like, no, Monica Vitti. But then the fucking resort manager is like, oh, brava, brava, so sexy, brava, Monica. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking great. I was like, you know what? You get paid good money to do what you do for a reason. And that is it right there. It's so, so monotone. Just like, oh, good, click, 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 like in between. Like, oh, yes. So sexy. Brava, Monica. Brava. And then she's like, all right, I'm done with this shit. And then like, but God, the my favorite moment was fucking uh tanya getting on the back of the vespa and just like bear hugging greg from the back yes on it yeah because vespas are not there's like you know I, it's just the very skinny people is like a is a twofer for a vespa like very small italian men can yes. fit like two at once on a vespa so it's like she is like coming off of the sea and like just and oh my God, it was just, it was so fucking funny. And then they're riding around and then Valentina has to jump out of the way because they almost hit her. <laughs> it's just, it was so, that like takeaway scene was so funny, but let's get into the entire scene because this is all under the excursion. So basically they're going through all the winding roads of Sicily and that's how when you're in like the Italian, any kind of mountainous region in Italy, that's exactly how the roads are. They probably are like that in other countries too. But, like, it's literally you go all the way down. You have to make a sharp U-turn, go all the way. Like, and you're just going up roads like that. So it's very hard to drive in. Yes. Um, Especially when you're not from there. And this man, Greg, clearly never rode a fucking Vespa before. So, like, 
it's a first for both of them and she's just so funny and like her head to toe pink and then her like italian flag fucking helmet <laughs> and then and he's complaining because she's gripping him so hard and he's like i can't fucking breathe you like we're and gonna then, crash yeah literally and then she gets fucking bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a perfect italian dream day honestly if your italian dream doesn't get a fucking fly in your mouth while you're riding on a vespa you didn't live that dream oh and and god. then she just oh my god and then she just chokes on it and honestly the choking was so fucking funny, so funny. oh my god so funny <laughs> jennifer coolidge everyone already knows you're an icon we we fucking get it but god damn it like that was it was just pure gold yeah oh my god so fucking funny um so so after that we see them go to the restaurant let's actually jump right into the dinner portion now because there's a lot to unpack here um yes. first let's start off with mia and the singing these okay. have less funny names because i was rushing to get the notes down <laughs> no worries so i loved i love this scene i loved this whole fucking scene like I didn't know if she was going to be able to sing or not, of course, because I was like, bitch, I don't know you. Like, and neither mm-hmm. did he. But um, she goes over there and she commands it. And she's like, hey, I, I mean, she didn't apologize for throwing the drink, but she was just like, hey, you already know what you did and you, and you deserved it. But without saying that, she just said it with her eyes. And she was like, listen. I should play a song like I'm a singer you should let me play a song and you know he it takes a little like schmoozing like she has to kind of like work it into him and be like hey like it's fine just one song there's like nobody in here and he he lets her and the song that she sings is so gorgeous and I just want to say the moment that she sits down and she takes off her bracelet after convincing him and like looks I don't even know if she looks over to Lucia but they pan over to Lucia and the way that Lucia's face mm-hmm. is just like that look of love mm-hmm. even like in a in a friendship it was gorgeous and whoever these this fucking actress is fucking kudos like that was great like i to to do a look like that in just one thing i'm like that takes a lot of talent and skill so um you know we pan back mia sings the most beautiful song the the lyrics the stars are for everyone bitch mm-hmm. bitch i was on the floor i was like this is gorgeous mm-hmm. um i loved that fucking scene jesus yeah. do you have any thoughts uh, about it uh no you've covered everything it was really just mostly lucia's um her facial like her just supportive gaze um that was really nice god it was great Uh, okay let's move on to the assistant portia and albie um get to their little dinner date the first thing that happens is tanya and fucking greg walk in off straight off the vespa (laughs) tracking Portia okay like I don't give a fuck what anyone says they just are like oh she's going out we gotta go get her this fucking bitch oh my god I know 
because in, in the breakfast scene, we didn't say this, but it's like poor Portia is just sitting there trying to enjoy a nice little fucking continental breakfast. And then as she sees Tanya and Greg walk in, she immediately grabs all her plates, goes to sit with Albie. But then as she's leaving, Greg sees her. So he clearly knows that she's still there. That's the first time that he's seen that she's still there. But yeah, so they walk in. But let's talk about um, Portia and Albie's conversation, um, which I think there were a couple quotables um, from this that I'll mention later. But one thing that so, OK, I'll just say that I think that Albie is a dark horse. I thought that he was all cute and innocent and sweet and all these things before. There is something about his demeanor in this episode and some of the things that he says that I'm like, he's going to turn into a piece of shit, I feel like. Um, I think that this is also going off theory from inside, like the preview of the next episode. I'll just say it. Portia is on the phone with her same friend that she was talking to in episode one. And she's basically talking about Albie and she's like, yeah, he's really nice, you know, and I like him, but he's almost too nice, which is clear Albie. I'm like, you have zero sex appeal. Sorry. Um, but then like it's kind of like she's saying this at the pool and she's like looking at a really hot guy like taking off his shirt and she's like you know i kind of like basically mm-hmm. saying like i want something more dangerous um something that makes like my heart beat i don't know exactly what she says but anyways um so i think like my theory for this plot line and how it's going to go with albie and portia is she's going to friend zone him and then he's going to get really pissed off ooh he says something about it. He says, like, yeah, I'm a nice guy, but some, you know, not all girls, like, sometimes girls don't really like the nice guys. Like, you can tell that this has happened to him time and time again. And I feel like there, this might be something that, like, a straw that breaks Campbell's back and he goes all fucking, you know. Oh, my God. Crazy. Not Albie. God. That's just my theory. It might not happen, but I don't see the point in his character unless you know what, he's Sam? Fuck you way. and fuck your theory. I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's a that's a good theory, but I don't want to. I don't want it. I don't want it. I know. I don't either. I just also don't. Uh, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that he would be in this essential role if he didn't have a part to play in the fucking chaos. And like, I don't think him being the sweet. You know, because then he like openly says that he is angry at his father and he openly says he wants to be nothing like his dad and his grandpa. But like, I feel like he's going to be chauvinistic and misogynistic just in different ways and not even realize it. Probably. You know, it's just going to be the other side of the spectrum of show like of misogyny. Mm -hmm. And so I think like that's kind of my theory about this. But one thing that he does say, and this also adds to just my like my scale of Albie is going to be a piece of shit is he um, not that this was a piece of shit line, but just like, Oh, okay. You've already been through this once or twice. But um, he said, like, she said, okay, like, what's your type? What do you think you want to end up with? And he was like, Oh, I'm just always attracted to pretty wounded birds. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then she's like, Oh, well, there's me. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, and which to which she follows up with like all data caveman at this point. <laughs> like, um, so that conversation, I guess it was just interesting in those ways. Um, I, there's not really much more like substance, I don't think, with with that. So, do you have any thoughts? Um, not really. I mean, I think 
you you're probably right honestly he probably is a dark horse i don't want him to be but oh god what if cameron's not a bad guy at all and we've been wrong this whole time jeez well that's that's kind of what i'm i'm thinking is like i mean that was almost what well like in white lotus season one everyone was bad so all right well Um, let's just assume that everyone's gonna be really bad everyone's gonna be bad exactly um okay so oh so okay so then let's go to dinner with harper ethan daphne and cameron they have this really um kind of off-guard conversation about sex and children mm-hmm. um and so i think like for me my biggest takeaway here was the was um it felt like harper was like re- like first of all it sounded she was like caught off guard when ethan said you know they asked if they wanted children and they said yeah they've recently been trying but um but and then they asked like i don't know if they asked about like the frequency about like how often they have sex but um Ethan says, like, yeah, well, I'm a morning person and she's a night person, so it's kind of, you know, and that's he what I that's what I, that information and I did not fucking like it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think she did either. She shot him a look that could fucking kill. Um oh, yeah, I get it. So and I agree. I agree. I thought, and then immediately she had to kind of jump in and save face and be like, Yeah, well, when you know, when we do have sex, it's fantastic and it's great, and we have no problems with our sex life. But like I think in that moment she like almost realized that there was an issue, you know, not, I don't know if she knew there was an issue or if that, if it was in her face before, but it feels like she'd like really notice, especially like uh, talking about to Cameron and Daphne who clearly are very affectionate and all these things. And they've heard them the night before playing around and, laughing and screaming and all these things with each other yes that i think that daphne being face to face with what she potentially could be is like really showing her like yeah it's we're not all that happy we're real but we're not maybe as happy as we could be yeah Um, yeah so what did you think about the whole thing um yeah so it was fucking awkward it like yeah and again daphne this poor the sweetheart she was just trying to have like open conversation you know like hey like do you guys want to have kids like that's i think in that age range you're like that's such an innocent question you know what i mean like okay cool like whatever like that's i think you know we're getting closer to those ages so it's like yeah like we're asking our friends like hey like do you want kids like it's very normal so i think Mm -hmm. like poor daphne is just trying to like again segue and mediate and like be that like person to just like get everyone to have like just like let's not have this tension um Mm -hmm. but it got sour quick and like i said i did not like that he that ethan volunteered that information it felt it it almost felt like Hila was like oh i have an opportunity to like put it out there and kind like it was it felt almost strategic i was like did you do that on purpose so that she could realize and maybe that you, you needed like maybe he's been trying to tell her you know like hey there's there's an issue here yeah, right. that's so I don't know. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't. He seems like a nice guy. I don't think that he would have just volunteered that information to be, uh, like cruel. Yeah, you know, I don't because she seems that's very stubborn. Way, but, but also, yeah, in a in a way that like 
like well you know well from your peers right yeah Yeah, and from your peers right so like I remember a long time ago a good friend of mine from high school her mom said to me because my friend was super upset about something like that happened at school and she was like listen you can build up your kid a bunch but like when you hear when they hear it from their peers like they believe it you know because like you're their mom like of course you're going to tell them that they're beautiful and they're smart and they're strong and all this stuff so you know like I it to me it was like it felt like an opportunity. He was like, okay, like maybe if I can get her to hear it from like a peer, but it's not like too damaging because even was like, well, was that not right? And she can't even argue him back. She's like, well, okay. But like our sex life is still fine. Like we're good. Like it's always good. You know? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. All right. Yeah. I see this. Like I see Uh, what's happening here. Yeah. I think that this conversation definitely had a ripple effect for sure on the way that Harper sees the relationship, what happens later on with mm-hmm. her and Ethan back in the hotel room for the third fucking time this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I think that, you know, that we also got um, a really vulnerable story from Daphne and Cameron about her emergency cesarean mm-hmm. with her latest child and his view on it her view on it um more so his of course um because he's a man and he's you you know yeah so um but i think that them sharing that it added a layer of depth to them they're not just these happy ignorant people they actually have gone through shit too they're just not letting it bother them because even daphne after they're done kind of saying their piece with it says like it's okay it all worked out perfectly it's fine Right. Um, you know, let's move on to something happier, which I love about her because I'm like the fact that they are able to get deep like that, but then kind of move on from it is it's a powerful well, character. Right. I think it's super healthy, right? Like 100%. like to yeah. to leave to lead a good life, you have to be optimistic. You know, you what is it like the power of attraction or the law of attraction? Like, you know, people you can look it up. Self help, it's fucking out there. Um, but like that's that's what it is. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I I agree with you. Like that that mentality of like, yeah, bad things happen, but we don't let that define us. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's it's great, and it really was like a breath. It's it just it's truly a breath of fresh air, and I think that Harper got the same thing because as we'll talk about in a second, um, when they go back and they're her and Ethan are having another private conversation, she's basically, that's when she opens up and says like, I'm going to try more. And I think that that's directly because she's able to see that these people aren't just faking it. Like they actually are a real couple. They've been through real shit, traumatizing shit. And, you know, and, and he, cause even Cameron says like, that's those are the moments when you really realize like how much you love someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that reigned very true. I think that he is incredibly in love with Daphne. I think she's incredibly in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's just, that's bringing us to a big point that I want to talk about, but let's get through the dinners. Yes. Um, okay. Dom and Gramps. This one was a doozy. Uh, oh God. Shit, this conversation. So Dominic and Bert are at dinner together because Albie and Portia are at dinner somewhere else. They're back at the hotel. Um, and basically it just starts off with Gramps being like, he calls him out. Sloppy kid. He calls him out basically. Like it does. Bert was acting really clueless before, like throughout this episode. He's like, what did you do, Dom? What did you do? Like, why aren't, why isn't my granddaughter here? Why isn't my daughter-in-law here? 
um, you know, like I, he's alluding to like, I know that you did something. It probably was cheating. Just tell me. But I think this dinner was like, dude, you don't have to tell me. Like, I fucking know. Like, I know you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it fucking sucked. This whole conversation sucked. I was really upset because yeah. like, we already knew that Gramps was a little pervy old man. And it's mm-hmm. fine. Whatever. It's harmless. Like, he wasn't touching anyone. He's just being a little like, oh, I love your smile. But, like, he's, he's just... just... Well, yeah. And and he says it, you know, like, like when I had my affairs, I was discreet. And then Dom says, like, yeah, you weren't that discreet. Yeah. Because, like, we know that he's, ha- you know, he pretty much was having affairs his whole marriage. And I think that that the psychology of these three generations is the most interesting to me because i'm like you're seeing what generational um not trauma i mean technically it could be if you know that your dad is cheating on your mom like that is traumatic for sure but the just these generational um habits and lifestyles and all of these things like how they come into play and like we're really getting like a good take on why dom is the way that he is Mm-hmm. Because his father was that way, and he's also just unapologetically had these affairs. And what did he call them? Um, peccadillos. Peccadillos. Yep. Uh, which, like, quite literally translates into um, like like unimportant sins or transgressions, right? So, like, if you're calling an affair, you can easily call a- an affair. One affair on a 25-year marriage is a peccadillo, right? right? Like, it's just it's not. So, like, that, um, we will touch on that. Actually, you know what? Let's just talk about it now. Let's just fucking talk about it now. I need to yeah. get it out. God. Okay. So, Maddie and I have talked about this a lot over years and years and years. Pretty much ever since the cheating rumors between Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, from Jay-Z and Beyonce even oh. came out. And just. So, Okay. The biggest thing, and I think that one of the huge themes about this show is infidelity and whether that is okay. And Maddie said um, she phrased infidelity in a very interesting way earlier and just said, you know, is it that wrong to outsource your carnal desires? Like not, she wasn't in any way uh, defending cheating. She was just saying, she just said outsourcing. And I was like, God, what a great word. And is that is that different from Ethan? Now that I think about it, out like just helping himself mm-hmm. just like looking at another woman. Is that is that any well, different? Like what is different from porn and an affair? Right. But it's such a and big does it, and it right. And does it make you a bad person at the end of the day? So I think, yes. you know, the reason I said that earlier is like, is it just like outsourcing something for a carnal desire? Because I mean, we we haven't had anything confirmed yet, but let's look at Gramps and what he revealed to us in this episode that his wife died just a year ago and they were married for 53 years. Now at this Mm -hmm. dinner that he's having with Dom, you know, he says, oh, like those affairs were peccadilloes, but Mm -hmm. it's plural, right? So like we know that it was ongoing. So it's like we know that he loved his wife dearly. He calls her the love of his life. Exactly. But he still did these transgressions, outsourced that carnal desire. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and like that doesn't mean and like, again, we don't know they don't go into it, but we don't know that doesn't mean that he didn't go to work every day provide for his family put food on the table make sure that his wife was feeling good and secure and also didn't yeah. have this shit on front street to exactly. make her feel bad about it. Yep, exactly. And then so it's like, and that's where it gets so messy in this conversation and debate about it is that like, for some women, it's like, yeah, if you're providing on every other level, then you know, I'll turn my, I'll turn my head. If you're providing financially, I'll turn my head like it, it like, or like turn the cheek and not look at it. Um, you know, specifically what I wanted to, uh, to, to compare here was Bert, the grandfather who talked very highly of his wife probably was, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but said that she was love of his life, but obviously had affairs, um, probably Dominic's whole life, probably the entire marriage. Um, and then in the, uh, next episode, I don't want to talk about it too much, but there is a point where we see that the two prostitutes, uh, Mia and Lucia end up hanging out with quote unquote, hanging out with, um, Ethan and Cameron, and so I'm assuming that Cameron, if any, if if any of them is the one that ends up hooking up with one of them, yeah. Um. So so I really was fascinated by this topic because Cameron and Daphne have what seems to be such a loving relationship. They genuinely like to be around each other. Mm-hmm. They genuinely love each other. Mm-hmm. But he still steps out. Um. So it's or we can only assume that he steps out. So uh. It's it's almost like, is that, would you rather have a shitty husband that doesn't cheat on you or a really, really great husband that does cheat on you mm-hmm. or that does step out from time to time? Because God knows if they know about it. Like, in many cases, wives know about this shit, you yeah. know? Um, and they just, they're like, okay, well, I have it good enough that I don't care. You know, like, well, it's just- they don't care. I think that- I think that some wives that do, I would say that like a majority of wives that do know about it are probably like, you still need to be discreet. Like, I don't, like, I don't want this in my face. Oh, 100%. You know? I also don't want this out in public because that's just embarrassing. Absolutely. Right? Like, Absolutely. You know, so, and I think that that's really what the whole Jay-Z Beyonce thing that is what Solange being the bad bitch that she is kicking his ass in the elevator. I'm like, oh, that yeah. really set it the fuck up. But um that was the last thing that anybody wants as any sort of anything it's like yeah if you do whatever you do you know just keep it away from me and keep it out of like the public's eye like if my like someone that I know from high school knows that I'm married to you and I haven't talked to her in 10 years and she messaged me on fucking Facebook and says hey I saw your your man with another girl at a bar blah 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 like how embarrassing is that so that's actually happened to me so like you know <laughs> like, so serious, i'm like don't do shit like that yeah you know yeah please but like but at the same time like uh, you know and i'm not sitting here and saying that like i'm completely condoning it i'm not at all but what i am saying is that like there it's so gray it is not black is. and white and like you know to be honest i think like where we are in the season this is only episode two so i think at this point on this subject like it is interesting and it is super gray area and it's like okay you know does did these things 
like give you bad qualities but i think um bottom line is like what what can you take and like what to lo- to what extent like of respect will you allow to, uh, not allow whatever the fucking case may be you know mm-hmm. and obviously like daphne and cameron their connection seems really strong and integrated and yeah. like i do think that they probably already know about these things like maybe they've discussed it but they're like res- I don't know. I just feel like they're they're already kind of on this thing, and they're like, "Oh, like we know yeah. what's going on here," and like, yeah, yep, absolutely. And I think that like even just using the word outsource, um, it's something that I use all the time at work. So it's like, yeah, outsourcing is normally things that like make your life easier, and so it's like, and then so I mean, I guess the biggest, also for me the biggest topic. I'm kind of all over the place and we're going to be talking about this pretty much probably every episode because I really think this is what the entire season is about, especially we're going to segue right into Tanya and Greg right after this, but, Mm -hmm. um, um, which is another piece to this puzzle of sexual complication within relationships. But, um, the biggest question that I think everyone has and the biggest question that I've always had and we've always debated is, can you be truly in love with someone and um and still and but still cheat on them you know like where where does that where is that mm-hmm. line drawn like you know because it really i really truly think that cameron is like truly in love with daphne mm-hmm. and i think that the grandfather could have been truly in love with his wife mm-hmm. 53 years long fucking time you know yeah i know I um, this. But, but outsourcing sexual relations you know or like cheating on them infidelity like with like are you truly in love with somebody if you're cheating on them? Right. Okay. So, and, and there's no clear answer. To right. That, and and you know? that's a wonderful question. It truly is. And like, you know, I think I, I said this on the phone to you earlier. So like, I don't really believe in, in love as like a phrase. It feels too Disney for me, which you guys already know that I love to make the Disney reference because no curse can break true love. Like, you know, whatever the fuck. But I think that, um, it's just like, oh no, oh no, I'm sorry, everybody. I just lost my train of thought. Oh no, it's okay. It the, the, I, no, I was just saying the, the, can you be truly in love with somebody and still cheat on them? Oh yeah, that was- sorry, the in love thing. So like, I think that people can really, really love each other deeply and be in it together. You know, when you're in it together as like partners for a long time or when that like in love, like part kind of fades away you're like damn I have this person on my side when it's good when it's bad when it's ugly so when right so like I think that's what it comes down to it's not like oh can you really be in love with this person no it's like I choose to have a partnership with this person for my life this is my home base this is who I always come back to and not come back to as a last resort I mean come back to as like this is this is my home base. Like this is where I touch ground at and I replenish and I, you know, whatever the fuck you do there. So like, I don't know. I think you have a really good question. And, but sometimes I'm like, is it a question of being in love or is it a question of I'm choosing you and I'm accepting you to go the long haul and to have that longevity yes, in life. But like even, even in that, even let's like take the phrase in love out of it and say like, okay, you choose me, mm-hmm. right? Like 
we are unconditionally bound um, because we chose each other. If that, if one of us steps out, what does that mean for that union? You know, like that's the question. Cause when I say in love, that's really ultimately what I mean is yeah. like, you know, and you, yeah, yeah. So like, and I think, you know, it's going to be like, this is not something that we, it's just something that we're posing. We're putting out there. Definitely a theme of this. Um, I think I'm going to segue right into Tanya and Greg now, but um, just at like the front of our minds when we're watching this, that's what we're kind of looking is like those cues of like, because I think every relationship is so completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just going with my mom's fucking awesome theory that uh, Cameron and Daphne are in a, an open, mm-hmm. you know, marriage, uh, definitely think that that could be true. And I think that that could be part of, and I lo- like, it would be really interesting if that is true. And that's what Mike White is showing is that like an open marriage could be the happier route, right? Like it could be like, you guys are really partners through and through. You re- you really, really love each other. You really care about each other. You're really great, you know, partners, mm-hmm. but sometimes you outsource your lust and that's, yeah. that's okay. And that ultimately leads to a happier thing. Whereas like Harper and Ethan constant, like not constantly, but just, just having an incompatible sex schedule, incompatible sex, mm-hmm. um, you know, like desire. And then we have none other than Tanya and Greg, um, who, you know, so I'm just, I honestly, you know, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about the dinner scene and then we're going to talk about the end scene. I think just, let's just group them. Yeah. Um, so at dinner, we get this big fight with them because yes, you very know, she's crescendo talking- moments. Yes. Yeah. So she's talking about um, the uh, the day and how great it is, whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm happy you enjoyed it. I'm, ha- I'm sorry. I have to bring you this news. I have to go home tomorrow for this fucking lobbying bullshit, whatever, um, you know, for his organization that he runs back in the States. And um, she freaks out. And I just want to say that I could listen to her fake cry. Oh, my God. It was so good. It is ridiculous. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, So that is kind of the gist of the dinner scene. And um, but then later on, just following the storylines through through the after party situation. But we get her. Um, waking up in the middle of the night and she can't find him. And then she goes out and she sees that he's on the balcony and he's talking on the phone. We can hear what he says as mm-hmm. omniscient viewers, but I don't think she heard what he said. Um, but basically he's like, yeah, she's clueless. Like always, um, I'll be back home tomorrow. You know, see you then. Love you. Yeah. Hangs up. And yeah. she's, she's just watching him like a fucking creep. Oh my God. She looks so scary. But, uh, <laughs> So um let's just talk theories really quick. What do you what are you thinking? Um oh my god, theories is hard. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I don't know exactly what points I have that will support this theory, but I do think that one, <laughs> I I feel like one of the whores are going to die and I want to say it's going to be Lucia because she is so bold, emboldened, she's fiery, she's and it's not that she's bad. <laughs> Who he's talking to, not overall theories. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot. I'm a little idiot. I'm a little idiot. No. Uh, okay. So I, you know, I think it's a little like red herring moment that I feel like they want us to think that he's cheating on her, but like it might be like 
his daughter or something. Like, it might be a twist. So I'm like, okay, like, let me not jump the gun. But he's been being a dick. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care who it is. It could be your daughter and maybe it's harmless, but you should divorce this man anyways. Like, he ruined your Italian dream. Oh, my God. And thank God for her signing that prenup, baby. Girl, uh, smartest thing. You made me sign a prenup. Oh, my God. I love how you just gaslighted her, too. Like, was just like, oh, I have to do this because you made me do this. And I'm just like, Greg, go fuck yourself. First of all, Um, no one doesn't want to go to Sicily. So shut the fuck up. Are you really complaining about being on vacation, you fucking asshole? Um, Dingling. So I, I also agree with you. I don't know if it's totally red herring. I'm just hoping that it's more of a shock value twist than it is. Just like he's got a bitch on the side. Like I just don't want it to be that simple. But the reason why I brought that up right after our conversation is then you have you have the three different tiers of relationships. Like say you have the open relationship. If the, the my mom's theory is correct, you have the relationship that's kind of struggling, but no one is, is engaging in infidelity mm-hmm. at all. Harper and Ethan. And then you have the one, if it's true that, that Greg is cheating, the one where the one man is stepping out silently. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, it would make sense if those, because those truly are like the three almost calibers of relationships. And then all the other details kind of muddy around yep. underneath. Those. But, um, Okay, let's move on to uh, Harper and Ethan. Their their conversation. Harper being like wicked vulnerable Ugh. in in the room. I know Maddie, you have some thoughts on this, so take it away. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I really liked this scene because there was again just like okay. So I think there's some, there's definitely some lies. There's some hidden shit, but at the same time, like they're still very truthful with each other. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the way, like, oh, my God, even her being like, I'm not going to be as shrew. Like, she was still being shrew. I was like, oh, my God. Jesus. But, like, she really tried for a second to, like, tap into her valley girl. She's like, no, I'm. we're going to have so much fun. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that, like... I, I can't remember exactly what was said, but like something, it was like very reassuring. He was like, you know, like, uh, like, I love you or something. I, I forget exactly what was said, but she was like, do you want to like fucking, what did he say? Suck on my, on my titties or jerk off on my face or something. And it was like, it, I, I thought it was kind of vulnerable. I mean, like, I know she's monotone, but I just, I liked that I, she was putting that effort forward and being like, okay, like, I don't want to, like, I I think she's more aware of the distance now, like we said, like, with Daphne yes. saying it. So, like, to me, <laughs> it seems like she's making an effort. But, again, my question to Ethan, like, I'm like, okay, well, were you aware for a longer time? And maybe that's why you still, like, said, like, oh, like, I'm a little burnt out. You know, like, maybe you're just, like, a little too late. Like, you didn't even know this was fucking going on. I, I don't know. Um, It felt bad. It sucked in the end. It really did. Yeah, I, I know. it. Um, I'm happy that she just, like, took the um, rejection on the chin and still, late, like, cuddled with him. But I love I'm that, happy too. I'm still that closeness mm-hmm. after because, I mean, every, I, I would say, like, 
everyone, it sucks to be rejected. I can only speak from a one woman's point of view of being rejected as a woman by your spouse or significant other. Like that fucking sucks. Like that hits you right in the gut because you're like, um, I am woman. I have puss. (laughs) You should always want this. This is gold. What? is wrong exactly yeah 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 so like i think that now she's really starting to feel that yes um and like be able like and like associate that like whereas before because even in the beginning of the episode you could tell that she was just like a little like taken aback like well do you want help like why couldn't you wait for me like you can tell that like she felt that way but Mm -hmm. now i think like she has like a thought to place with the emotion like now it's not just emotional reaction it's like she's actually thinking about what's what's going on and what could be causing whatever Mm -hmm. and i'm like girl please just get up the next morning and offer the same thing and see if that works because clearly he's a morning time lover you know so it was like you he clearly said like i don't like i'm just not a nighttime person so the like I'm just like okay there's the incompatibility like striking again like you have to compromise like right and you, you really don't have to do it all the time but, yeah but sometimes like you have yeah to, yeah, yeah absolutely so, um okay so you know I'm interested to see what happens with them especially in the next episode um okay Daphne and Cam oh yes oh god my biggest thing is god that's they are so hot together oh my god when they, just they're compatibility is off the fucking charts in this scene where like he just like like holds his hand out to her she grabs him like immediately gets on his lap and they're just kissing slowly and i'm just like oh yeah that's what kiss was hot that that is what my five years into marriage looks like i I didn't tell you this on the phone but i'll tell you this now and for all the listeners on the pod i do want to shout out that actress i don't know what her name is but she was on the bold type and i knew she was going to be good because when she was on the bold type she had a very dynamic i I don't know her character had some like dynamic shit well she was hooking up with a guy on that show and this the scenes were hot so like don't get me wrong i i like the actor that's playing cameron but i honestly think that those scenes are hot because of the way that she is acting in them megan fahey oh megan fahey miss ma'am brava i'm so happy to see you here and i i'm so proud of you because i i loved the bold type we both did it was fucking fantastic um so so god it was it was good and i just want to say this finally is the point at the so earlier in this we didn't mention it but harper and uh ethan are having conversation in the hotel room and she's like yeah they're probably talking shit about me right now like she's such a bitch why did you marry her and of course they weren't they were trying on clothes laughing being hilarious but she wasn't though it was just latent we didn't get it until the end of the episode and they're not being horrible but cameron is like ugh. Like she is such you know, a pill. Actually, just on this note, and I don't mean to make this any longer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of trying to rush through. I'm going to rush through this up, but he reminds me of a guy that, that, like, a boyfriend that there's like another girl around that just happenstance, like a, a coworker or uh, you know, a, a another couple, the girlfriend. Um, and he reminds me of like a boyfriend that's like guilty. Like just guilty conscience. Like I'm just gonna constant because this is the second time he has said something about her being like, 
Like, do you think he regrets marrying such a, uh, you know, whatever he calls her in the last episode? Um, and I think it's just, it feels like a guilty conscience. Like he actually wants her. He's attracted to her. He thinks that like, yeah, probably it's in an ego sense because she acts like she truly acts like she's better than all of them. So he's like, yeah, I just want to fuck this girl. I'm, you know, blah, whatever. Well, I think but, like, I, on her that, that is what he's giving me right now is just this guilty, guilty boyfriend, husband, you know, he's actually attracted to her, but he's trying to, well, she's, like, make he's got to take happen. her down a notch. And I think she's doing the same thing to him on the other side. And Ethan called her out for it earlier. He's like, like, why do you feel so threatened by them? And it's probably like, she's probably a little attracted to him too. And doesn't exactly know why. Yeah. Well, and exactly. Like, and I'm going to say it right now. It's probably because he is confident and dominant and like, like, don't get me wrong. Ethan is fucking hot, but he is submissive and he did get alpha like, dogged a little bit in this episode. You know, it yes, wasn't bad, but it was there. Um, yeah, no, he's constant alpha dogging. Yeah. Like he's constantly. And he doesn't buck the back. The sub. You know, Harper does. She jumps in and stands. Have, like, there's, I think there's a trend on TikTok where it's like, you know, the girl will jump in and be like, oh, my man doesn't fight, but I fucking do. You know? And I'm like, yeah, that's Harper all day. Like, she's she's the fucking guard dog for him in a way mm-hmm. even for towards sure. men she's like you're not going to disrespect my man you know yeah, for sure so um, um i thought it was really you know we talked about this a little bit uh her daphne being like the mitigator so again in this i really liked even though cameron was talking shit she didn't join in she was like listen she's fucking hot like she's really pretty like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if she's a pill like if he likes it he fucking likes it um yeah and I loved her response because she turns and she says, you know, I think that some women cut the balls off of their partners, maybe even unknowingly. She doesn't say that, but I thought that was and really then good. Wonder, and then they wonder why they're not attracted right, to them exactly. Anymore. And I thought that was such a good just observation. And then he, mm-hmm. and then Karen responds, but you would never do that to me. And she's like, I won't. And then she gets on top of them. They get all sexy. Mm-hmm. And then she says, but I could if I wanted to. And that. He is silent killer. I am silent telling killer. you. Oh, and then the God, slow kiss. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She knows what the fuck she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Daphne. Yeah. Daphne. Oof. Oh, oof. Oof. She's, oof. You know. And I think that it's only going to go up from here. We have not seen anything from her yet. I am so excited. Like, I'm more excited about her character, I think, now after this episode than any other character. Same. For I've sure. been excited. Once you... Because I didn't really... I didn't realize it when I was watching the first episode until, like, after I watched it. I was like, God, she's so familiar. And then you said it to me in a text message. So everyone, please, if you are watching this and you like her, honestly, go watch The Bull Type. It is so great. It is so great. Yeah. And she was so cute in that. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Got to move on. Let's talk about Dom and the girls. This is my, outside of the running scene in the very beginning, I probably already said, oh God, every scene's my favorite scene. But this Dom and the girls, Dom and the hose scene. Hell yeah. Um, it was... It was fucking fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It just felt like 
just this, I mean, and we like, I loved it because it was dynamic because we know that like, he literally says to her like, yeah, I have a sexual addiction. This isn't good for me. I don't think you should stay here, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, but I brought my friend. And I'm like, Lucia, you fucking, she is a social arsonist. And that girl. a businesswoman. She's like, listen, I'm trying Hell to yeah. get my end of the deal, baby. Excellent in sales. Honestly, I know. she should work on herself. And so he's like, and just the way that he does this like iconic Leonardo DiCaprio, roll your eyes back and bite your fist. Like, I can't, like, you know what you're doing. Yes. Fuck you. You know, like, and I'm just like, I knew that, that like, I just, I call, like, I, like, it was very um, obvious that that was what was going to happen. But just the entire scene, it was just this montage of them dancing and laughing and in the pool and drinking. And it was so nice. And I'm like, God, like, Dom, I know that you really get down on yourself and it really sucks because this is an addiction. You do need help for it. But like, it was nice to see him enjoying it. Like, there was just one bit where I think it's actually Mia in the pool and she takes off her shirt and soaking wet and she throws it at him. And he he laughs so hard, and it was just so nice because I'm like, God, yes, just enjoy yourself. Yes. You know, like he might not deserve to because we don't really know the extent of everything that he's done, but it just felt nice because it's like we see this man that's crippled with guilt, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, it was just really nice. Um, I loved it. I loved that scene. I loved the whole thing. I also just want to call out the grandfather in the next room watching the godfather where the famous line the guy goes up to al pacino and says um you know sicilian women are more dangerous than shotguns yes and it's it's just the one of the most iconic lines in movie history and it's very funny that it was paired directly with this and that's why i think okay this is a foreshadow that these girls are going to ca- wreak fucking havoc Absolutely. on these men in this fucking Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm here They're for it. Happen. These are the first hoes that we've gotten on HB Hoes, so we are absolutely fucking honored. We're like, get it how you live. Get that bag. Um, yeah, it was, it felt free. It felt free, you know? So. Definitely. Uh, so. What what else do we have? Quotables? Um, favorite think, scenes? Yes. Uh, okay, why don't you go with your favorite scenes? Okay, so... My favorite. I have three <laughs> things to say. Number one, and this isn't a scene, but I probably should have added this to overall thoughts, but the scoring. I didn't really catch it in the first episode, but the scoring of this episode, I, w- I just want the whole episode just as is with just how the scoring is like even in the quiet parts like whatever i just want it played like that it was so fucking good so that's my number one um number two the few aerial shots that we had coming in and out of sicily there was a good night shot there was some really cool like rock water shots there was the like not the coliseum but like that arena shot like there was just some great fucking aerial work um and scene wise you already know. You already know I love a girl friendship. So it's the singing scene. It's that moment where she sits down and Lucia almost has fucking tears swelling in her goddamn eyes. She is like, this is my favorite bitch in the whole world. And I know her and I know she's about to fucking lay it down on this goddamn piano. 
And even after she's basically like in tears almost. And the way the, the proudness, the brava mia, brava, you know, bravissima. That was, it was just so moving and touching. And I'm like, women friendships are fucking top tier. Like you don't, people don't understand this. You need to understand it. Like women's friendships are chef's kiss. Amazing. Yep. Best scene. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Okay, we are going to do the honorable mentions, the quotes, Hell the funny yeah. of the episode. Maddie does not know what I'm about to say, so she is going to live react to Hell these. Yeah. <laughs> I tried not to say them during the episode, but number one, Tanya at breakfast. She, first of all, is using two spoons as a fucking oh tongs. God, I forgot. Pineapple core on the ground. <laughs> I cannot. But then the hotel manager or like the one of the staff uh, persons comes up to her and she's like, oh, sorry. Do you have any Oreo cookie cake? <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm no. just like, ma'am, it's breakfast. Let me tell you, <laughs> if I was working service and somebody asked me at breakfast for a fucking Oreo cookie cake, I would be so goddamn mad. Like just yeah, literally, he looked at her like she was fucking crazy, and I'm like, oh my god, like macaroons can't stop you, like you are going straight for the Oreo cookie cake, like I cannot. Um, okay, so then we get to the bit where me and Lucia are getting their keys, and the hotel manager goes, um, so she's going to be sleeping with your father? Oh my like, god, I know. He says to put Mia's um name on his dad's room. And then, of course, the Peppa Pig and the oh, Brava Monica. Um, was the course. absolute worst. It was so mean. She just, I'm like, does this uh, hotel manager have Asperger's? Does she not realize? Or is so it just mean. a barrier? So mean. <laughs> She's so mean. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And then, Tanya, is this the normal size of a Vespa? I just could not. That was my favorite line of the entire episode. Yeah. For sure. Honestly. Yeah. That was... Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, then Bert just calling it back to the peccadillos. Oh, because... my God. I know. I had to look that up. I was like, what the fuck? But it was honestly the perfect word. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, I see what, what mm-hmm. the way you're trying to minimize this here. Like, this was a good word yes. for that. Um, yep. Yeah, that was... God, what an what a good episode. What an interesting Yeah, episode. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hold honestly, on, I have two more. Oh, I have shit. Two more. Yep, yep. Uh, then we have Portia saying, yeah, I would date a caveman at this point. Oh, my God. I did mention. Next time, I really actually did say all of these at one the point. The is so fucking low. God. <laughs> this shit is in hell. Um, I'm just like, same, girl. Like, I probably would date a Neanderthal myself. Um, oh, God. And then... Harper, she says when she's talking to Ethan at night, like, I feel like we're LARPing as rich people. Oh, my God. That was fucking great. That was absolutely amazing. That was that was wonderful. Okay. And that's that's end scene of the quotables. Um, But God, what a great episode. I know. And honestly, this we've gone on for almost two hours and we didn't even talk about every single little itty bitty thing. So you got to rewatch, see all those little nuanced things. This episode was very good. I think the next episode, they're setting us up for something really, really. Oh, I think the next the next episode is going to be big, I think. And then we only have seven. So it's kind of like we have to think about it. Normally, we have like a super climax like somewhere in the middle three is almost in the middle so yeah um yeah i think next episode is gonna be crazy but 
All right. On that note, you can always find us, talk to us, reach out to us, tag us, flame us, whatever the fuck. On Instagram, Twitter, or an email, our Instagram is hb.hose, uh, Twitter is hb underscore hose, and our email is hose at hbhose.com. Hell yeah. Thank you, hose, for joining us, and special fucking thank you to Lucci and Mia, our fucking hose for the season. Oh, yes. Oh, God, so nice. Join Love us it. next Love week, it. y'all, Um, and we're, we appreciate you. We love you. Bye. Bye.